You're listening to the Prayer Storm Podcast. We pray that this teaching blesses you, challenges you, and equips you, leaving you ignited for all that God has for you. Don't forget to check out James Ladderin's book, Life on Fire, which is out now. You can find this and more at prayerstorm.org, or you can click the link in the description below. I'm so grateful for this place, so grateful for what the Lord is doing here. This place has really impacted my life, the ramp, and I'm not really going to go into that right now. I want to start by sharing something that happened to me a few months ago. Now, back in the UK, I do quite a bit of traveling. Um, the ramp, Manchester is my home church, but I lead a ministry called Prayer Storm. And so that involves prayer meetings, prayer gatherings, traveling, teaching. So when I'm not traveling, my home church is the ramp in Manchester with Pastors Joe and Stacy. I don't know if they're here, but can we thank God for Pastors Joe and Stacy, wherever they are? <laughs> so... Um, one of those days, you know, because sometimes when I get home, I get home really late, like midnight, past midnight, and I like getting up early to pray. So one of those days, maybe it was a Friday night, I got home uh, early hours Saturday morning, so I was tired. Uh, the next morning, I woke up a bit later than usual to pray. Uh, so I went downstairs um, into the living room, and I was spending some time praying. And so at the time, my son, he is, his name is Justice, he's eight years old. Uh, he came downstairs, and they all know when daddy is having some time to pray, you don't disturb. And so he came in the room, and uh, his question to me was, Daddy, I love to play my video games. Can I play my video games now? And so I said, no, you can't play your video games right now. Daddy's praying. You can't do that. Um, I said, okay, let's do this. Because um, I know he always wants me to play his video games with him. So I said, okay, let's, let's have a deal. You're going to pray with me for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And I'll play your video games with you later today. So it was like, deal. Now, you need to understand my son Justice. If you've met him and if you're spending time with him, he's very hyperactive. Like, hardly sits still, always fidgeting. Like, it, it, I was surprised at what happened next because I literally just ignored his presence there and just prayed like I would normally pray. And that was involving a lot of praying in the spirit and then every now and again praying in my understanding. To my surprise, what I realized started happening was he was praying exactly like I was praying. He started praying in tongues, and we did that, if I'm not mistaken, for about 45 minutes. He sat there with me for 45 minutes at eight years old and praying in tongues. Now, I believe it was Sam that said you have to eat the word. Now, obviously, he'd been learning the word. So as he prayed, he just tried to think of any scripture he could think of that was relevant to the prayer point of the moment. And he tried to just pray it out in his own understanding and then carried on praying in the spirit. So as we did this for a while, it dawned on me that how we teach people to pray is not by just teaching them. It's by doing it with them. Because in the Western culture, we think we know something because we've intellectually digested it. The fact that you went to university and got a business degree doesn't mean you know anything about business until you start your own business. <laughs> so there's some things you're not going to know until you experience. And we've, we have so many books on prayer, so many teachings on prayer, but many people still don't pray because we don't do it. You don't learn how to do it by just listening to it. You engage with it. 
And so, uh, some, maybe not too long ago, maybe a couple of months ago, actually more like around August, I was in a meeting and it went wild. <laughs> when I say wild, like demons were being cast out. And there was a, oh, but yes, amen to that. <laughs> we get rid of demons. We expel demons. So in this particular, so this is after the service, there was a, there was a particular person that was like manifesting intensely. Like, you know, like she was full on. I don't know if any of you have been in those kind of settings before where someone's like, you, a demon is speaking through them. And, you know, so we were praying over this lady. And I don't know how many demons were being cast out of her. So I am praying with this lady. And she's in full demonic manifestation mode. She looks into my eyes and says, I hate justice. My son is justice, by the way. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? <laughs> and so we carried on, you know, and, and so she goes on about some of the things that we've been doing, which is, you know, raising kids in prayer. And so when I got home, I said to my wife, a demon speaking through this lady, she got delivered eventually, said, I hate justice, and goes on to talk about why she hates justice. So that day, I got justice into the room. I said, justice, a demon called your name. You can't spend your time playing video games all the time. You are at war. <laughs> so justice, I'm going to teach you how to war. I'm going to teach you how to, so if Justice was sitting here right now, what I'm going to teach you is what I'm going to teach him. You have to learn how to fight. And see, the thing is, many of you don't realize how intense the battle is until circumstances arise. You're already in a battle, whether you realize it or not. In fact, you're part of an army. And when you're in an army, there is discipline. There is focus. And so these are the things I want to share with you about building a life of prayer. It doesn't just happen because you desire it. It doesn't just happen because you heard a message about it. Listen to this. Desire without discipline will dissipate. The fact that you feel like you want to be a person of prayer. The fact that you want to grow in prayer. The fact that you say, God, make me a man or woman of prayer, boy or girl of prayer. It doesn't just automatically happen. You have to apply yourself. You have to take practical steps. I don't believe any of us woke up, you know, just being born with that intensity of a half of prayer. You grow into it. You give yourself time. So justice knows the first thing he does when he wakes up in the morning is have time to pray. He knows that. At nine years old now, he takes time to pray and read his Bible every day. So there are times where we have prayer meetings and he's right there with us and we'll pray in tongues for an hour. So don't tell me you can't pray if an eight-year-old is going to sit down with his dad and pray for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. You're 14 and you've never prayed for 20 minutes, but yet you can spend time on Netflix, you can spend time on Disney Plus, you can spend time on YouTube, you can spend time on TikTok for four hours, five hours, and you can't pray for 30 minutes and you wonder why you're not strong in the spirit. Oh, and you wonder why you're falling to the temptation when it comes. You know why? Because your spirit is weak. What you feed grows and what you starve dies. You've been feeding your flesh too much entertainment. 
And so I tell Justice, oh, dad, I'm bored. Good. I mean, oh, dad, I'm bored. I'm bored. Good. See, you got to embrace boredom as a pathway to encounter. This generation is overly entertained. Everything is so quick. TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, movie, everything. So, you get it so quick. We even have almost like drive-through church. Everything is so quick. Which Quick worship, quick word, and we're out. Food, games, friends, football, everything is quick. But if you really want to grow in God, I'm telling you, you cannot get it quick. You cannot grow in God quick like you want to just go to McDonald's and just get your food quick. He doesn't work like that. God is a, he's a king spirit. You can't just summon him however you want. He comes when he wants to come. And sometimes it's going to take a while before you press into the reality of his presence. So I wanted to touch, I wanted to look at Mark 1, um, 35. So this is something about Jesus. We're just going to take a few lessons from this. About Jesus' prayer life. Mark 1.35. Now in the morning, by the way, just to balance this out, my son Justice is not perfect. I know some of you parents are like, oh, I'm, when you, I, I know what it's like as a parent when you hear something like this. You say, oh, I'm, I'm a terrible parent. Listen, guys, don't beat yourselves up. <laughs> Start where you're at. Okay? Be encouraged. Do what you can with the children that God has placed around you. Say, Lord, what is the model you want me to use to raise these children to be warriors? I am concerned about us raising up warriors in the church. And I've often said, we're going to get to Mark in a moment, but you need to hear this. Uh, I've often been concerned about the fact that the 21st century church seems to me like it's become a nursery. Listen, the 21st century church has become a nursery where babies are being fed, not the barracks where warriors are being bred. So we often just come to church to get a fix. Pastor, preach me happy. And all this stuff, but we're not being equipped. And I'm telling you, many of the messages we're receiving in the American church right now will not build an army. When the crisis comes and when the intensity of the oppression of darkness comes, you will see those who really have spiritual stamina. Because many people don't. They're just used to the meetings, the crowds, the services, but they don't have a real walk with God. And we want you to have a real walk with God. Mark 1.35. Now in the morning, having risen a great while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place. <clears throat> Excuse me. He went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Everyone say, there he prayed. So this is Jesus praying, and I often say, if there's anyone that has an excuse not to pray, guess who it is? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because it's God. Now, if Jesus is giving all that time to prayer, I mean, I think who am I to think I'm okay with just a few minutes? And some people say, you know what? It's not about the, the, the what's that? It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. I understand that concept, but it's only people who are not in love that say things like that. 
It's not about the quantity, it's about the, oh, well, you, you heard what I said the first time. So people make emphasis, oh, you know, it's not about how long it is, you know, it's just, just keep it short. And I understand that sentiment, but when you're engaged, about to get married to someone, imagine you're saying to that person, you know what, it's not about how long, we're just going to spend five minutes of intense conversation. How many realize that doesn't make any sense? <laughs> so the starting point is a heart that falls in love with God. The starting point is a heart awakened to the reality of who God is. For many Christians, their perspective of prayer is wrong. And that's why they're not going to pray for long or they're not going to give themselves to seeking God. Because for many people, prayer is a means to an end. So they pray because they want God to do something. I need money, pray. I need a husband, pray. I need a breakthrough for a job, pray. And so, oh, my friend has got cancer, pray. So the graph of prayer in their life is this. When the need arises, the intensity of prayer is high. When the need passes, the intensity of prayer comes down. When the next need arises, intensity of prayer goes high. And then when that need passes... It comes, so the graph of their prayer life is up, down, up, down, up, down, and the high points are the points of crisis. Show me a Christian that knows how to pray without crisis, and I'll show you a Christian that's rightly positioned to handle the crisis when it arises. We are crisis driven. Jesus was not crisis driven. He had a routine, he had a system, he had a method, he had a way, and he was consistent in it. So you have to adopt that mindset of, Lord, I want to build a rhythm at 14, at 15. Make up your mind, Lord, I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be a boy of prayer. I want to get this. I want to be able to pray and spend time in your presence, Lord, for an hour, for two hours. Lord, I want to be able to do this. Lord, train me. See, even though I teach on prayer a lot, I pray this often. Lord, I want to go deeper in prayer. Because you don't get to a place where you arrive. The reason why your prayer life will be like a graph is because you're seeking God in a way that's just driven by need. Jesus was not seeking God driven by need. Now, it's not wrong to seek God when you're driven by need because he's a good father. He wants you to seek him whether there's need or whether there's no need. He's just glad you're coming into his presence to talk to him. However, because he's about relationship, how many of you have said the thing, this quote, famous quote, Christianity is not about religion, it's about relationship. Have anyone said that before? It's a famous quote. We all say, well, a lot of Christians say that. Christianity is not about religion, it's about relationship. That's so easy to say, and it makes a lot of sense to many of us. But when you break that down, you're saying that Christianity is about relationship with God, meaning you can't have relationship without communication. Now, if you have a relationship with someone and they only come to you when they're in need, how do you view that relationship? You're probably going to think of them as a parasite that just comes to just take, take. In fact, when you see them coming, you probably want to get run away from them because you don't want to just be in a relationship with someone that's only coming to take and get and get all the time. So your foundation for prayer has to be this, a love for God, a desire to know him deeper. That has to be the foundation of your pursuits. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to pray for 
friends and pray for family and pray for other things and, and intercede. See, there are different dimensions of prayer. And we can't touch all of that in 20 minutes. So I'm telling you the things that I have found so helpful in my thinking to stay consistent. It's a desire to know God. That desire has to be cultivated. You have to cultivate hunger. Now, how many of you thought you were on fire for God before you came into this room for the conference? And then how many of you, after you go here, realize, goodness me, I'm not really on fire like I thought I was? <laughs> Great. You need to spend time with people that make you feel like you need to get saved. Have you ever heard someone speak and go, oh my goodness, I need to get saved again? You have to surround yourself with people, materials, and things that cultivate hunger. Hunger for God. So you don't get stale and you don't, you don't get, decide, you don't get uh, complacent in your pursuits. Find people. I mean, the internet is full of materials. Even right here from the ramp. So much out there to help cultivate hunger. Stir up that hunger and desire for God. I mean, there are times I listen to messages and preaches, and it might just be a quote from the preach. I record it on my phone. It might be a 10-second quote. I record it. And when I wake up and I'm feeling bored, I play it, and it's like a shot to the spirit to wake me up. Because the fact that you decide you want to pray tomorrow morning does not mean you're going to wake up and feel like praying. Listen, everything in your flesh resists the things of the spirit. Let me explain to you this way. We all have spirit. We're we're not just a physical body. We're spirit beings. We're we're threefold in nature, spirit, soul, and body. Your body, your flesh, the, the flesh part of you, is to the devil what your spirit is to God. When God wants to speak, he speaks to your spirit. When the enemy wants to move you into things that would align you with his ideologies, he stirs it up in the flesh. Are you tracking with me? So your goal is to make sure your spirit is alive to God constantly by feeding into things that get you connected with his realm. So when the enemy comes to stir up your flesh, and he will, it's easier for you to resist. So when you decide, I want to wake up early and I want to pray, your flesh is going to resist it. You know how your flesh is going to resist it? You set your alarm, and this is the practical thing you do. Set your alarm. Say you normally wake up at 5. Or say you normally wake up at 7. Okay, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier, or I might wake up an hour earlier, and I want to just spend some time to pray. When the alarm goes up, your flesh is going to tell you no. In fact, your bed is going to start talking to you. And this is what your bed is going to say. Lay on me some more. Someone else will do your praying for you. So in that moment, the flesh resisted. Now, even when you push past the flesh, and like, okay, I made a commitment at Ramp Conference to pray. I'm going to get up to pray. And you get up and you start to pray. Oftentimes, this is my experience, your flesh still fights that. How your flesh fights that is the feeling of boredom that you start to be aware of the moment you want to engage with God. So the feeling of boredom is not wrong in and of itself. It's just pointing you to the location where you're at. You're still very flesh conscious. 
Many Christians never press past the flesh realm. They just stay there and say, you know what, prayer is boring. It's not for me. Miss Karen gets prayer, and she seems always excited about prayer. I don't know what she's encountered, but I am obviously not encountering that in my prayer closet. So you know what? I'm going to let her do all the praying. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to send all my prayer requests to the ramp. They can pray for me. Don't outsource your prayer life. Because you're supposed to grow in prayer. Because that's what tends to happen. People see me talk about prayer. James, you like to pray? The Instagram, email, oh, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. And sometimes I say to people, don't outsource your prayer life to me. I'm not there to do your praying for you. Now, it's not wrong to ask for prayer. But if you're asking for prayer, you better make sure you yourself have something going in your secret place. So Jesus had one, a desire for God. That made him get up early, a great while before daylight. Now, just to be practical about this, it doesn't mean you have to get up a great while before daylight. You have to work out what works best for you in your routine of life. When you're starting out in prayer, the routine is more important than you trying to just say, okay, I'm going to pray. See, you have to be realistic and you have to be honest with yourself. You can't just leave this conference and go, okay, from now on I'm going to pray for three hours every day. Probably not going to reach that target because you don't even know how to pray for 20 minutes. Now, when we talk about prayer, oftentimes many people feel guilty. But listen to this. Like Miss Karen is right on this platform. I believe if we were to speak to her and say, are you believing God for finances? She would probably say, yes, I'm believing God for millions. Is that right, Miss Karen? Now, I could point to someone at random in the church and in, in the congregation here and say, are you believing God for finances? And they might say, yes, I'm believing God for $1,000. And I point to someone else over there and they might say, oh, I'm believing God for $200. Now, everyone is believing God for finances, but at different levels. The Lord has grown her in the spirit to a place where she can believe God for millions. But you're not quite there yet. You're still needing to believe God for hundreds. So, we all, myself included, need to grow more in prayer. For me, it might be God's calling me to up my prayer to eight hours. And you might be like, oh my goodness, that's crazy. I can't. Well, you don't need to start at eight hours. Just start where you are right now. And yours might be, you need to start with 30 minutes every day. Listen, and this is where some Christians get, they get itchy. Oh, you're being legalistic. That, those kind of things really annoy me. <laughs> Why don't you say that to Jesus? What, what, you're being legalistic. Why does Jesus have to climb a mountain to go and pray? See, he had to climb a mountain. He was tired. He preached all day, ministered to people. His cousin John the Baptist was beheaded. And then he had to climb a mountain. Have you climbed a mountain before? It's a lot of work. Climbed a mountain, gets to the top. And then when he got to the top, only then was, was he went. That was when he prayed. And he prayed for about six, seven hours. Why didn't he pray in the valley? Why don't you tell Jesus he's being legalistic? See, many times when Christians don't like something, they label it legalism. Jesus went into fasting and prayer, being driven by the Holy Ghost. He didn't do that because he was legalistic. He wasn't trying to earn the Father's love. This is the key thing. He did all these things from love, not for love. When you love God, that love drives you 
to order your life in certain ways that might not make sense to people. So you have to put some boundaries. You have initially it may seem mechanical, but that's part of the process. So right now, yours might be you leave this conference and you need to set the spiritual goal of, Lord, I want to be able to pray for 30 minutes. Because I've never prayed that long my whole life. What am I going to say? You see, have you ever, like I say to you, praying for six hours, you're like, oh my goodness, you must be some Christian straight from heaven. How can you pray for six hours? What were you saying? Everyone ever thought that? <laughs> okay, just me. <laughs> Anyone ever thought that when someone says to you they're praying for 10 hours, you're thinking, what on earth are they saying for 10 hours? See, I've prayed for that long and longer. And I understand some things that oftentimes it's hard to explain until you begin to step into those rhythms where there's a, there's, a, there's a place in prayer where you pray and there's a place in prayer where the prayer is praying you. I don't know how to explain other than that. It's like God's life starts to drive you in the place of prayer. So when you stop praying, you're aiming to engage with the, the presence. In his presence is the strength to pray. Because in his presence, he drives away that feeling of flesh consciousness. And time flies. Now, it doesn't always start that way, though. For example, some of you might say your time to pray. And you pray, you pray, you pray. And in your mind, you think you've prayed for an hour. But you look at the clock and it's been five minutes. The clock is not going to lie to you. This is part of the reason why you need to set some time. And if you want to get really serious, put an alarm. Okay, Lord, I'm going to set a time for the next 30 minutes. It might, it might be an hour. I'm going to set a time, put my phone away, and I'm going to sit in this room until I hear that alarm. Now, that might sound very legalistic to you, but I'm telling you, if you want to be part of an army, you have to step into the rhythm of discipline. Discipline. So you're disciplining your flesh so that it knows that it's submitted to your spirit. But because your whole life, you've lived your whole life giving into your flesh, it takes time to discipline your flesh. So when you start giving yourself to prayer, what's important is the routine. The routine. You don't have to worry so much about, I want to do seven hours. It's not the spectacular. It's the simple consistency in that. That builds the muscle. So you might go, okay, what am I going to pray when I set my 30-minute time to press into God? Remember what I said? The goal is Him. So if the goal is Him, then I'm going to seek Him. And I'm not going to tell you what you have to say in that time. All I know is when you're truly hungry for God, hunger finds expression somehow in the words in the worship, in the time. You're like, Lord, I'm giving this time to you. Now, because our time's running out, practically for me, I find praying in tongues is one of the easiest ways to engage the life of the Spirit. It's difficult for me to pray my understanding for long. But when I say, Lord, I want to pray and I want to spend time seeking your face, it could be a time of just pressing in for revelation, a time of pressing in for an encounter in a certain way. And so sometimes I actually think, I want to do this for the next couple hours. And so I pray my understanding and I pray in tongues. And I keep praying in the Spirit. 
And, I, and you know, this is what tends to happen. When you start praying in tongues, initially, you're going to be very flesh conscious. And this is what that feels like. You feel like your words are going nowhere. You feel like, uh, like you're making it up. You feel like everything is just very difficult. Even though you're praying in tongues, you can feel, it's a bit, you can feel the resistance in the flesh. Now, if you keep pushing, you step into a place where the tongues starts to come out of you like a river. And when you step into that place, you are less conscious of what's coming out of your mouth. You're more conscious of the presence of God. But oftentimes people start praying and they start when, you know, they feel conscious of the flesh, the boredom, the resistance, but they don't learn how to push past that. So they never step into the place of the river flowing. And you know how that impacts corporate meetings like this? We cannot be an army if you are not a soldier. So when we come to meetings like this where things can really be shifted over the region and over the nation, if the church really engage with intense prayer, that oftentimes can happen because the people of God don't know how to push in private. So in public, they're weak and don't know what to do and only watching the platform. But when you start to develop these rhythms and saying, God, teach me. I want to go deeper. I want to, and see, like my son being with me, get around people that pray. Get around people that don't just talk about prayer, people that love to pray. If you know someone in your church that you know can spend six, seven hours in prayer, ask them, what are you doing in those hours? Can I come and spend some time with you, even if it's just for two hours, so we can just pray together? I want to grow in this thing. How desperate are you to be a person of prayer? Listen, all the stuff that God has set you free from this weekend, these last few days, you're only going to maintain that if you truly dig deep in prayer. I'm telling you the truth. It's not just going to happen automatically. If you want fire, you, ha you have to stay where God releases fire. And he releases fire on the altar. The altar is the place of prayer. You get in that place, you say, God, I want to meet with you. God, I want to encounter you. God, I'm sick in your face. The moment you start to step into the routine of it, okay, it starts to become something that, how many of you drink coffee? Like, I don't drink coffee. How many drink coffee here? From people that, I know Miss Karen drinks coffee. From people that drink coffee a lot, they have these withdrawals, I think. Is that right? So when they don't have coffee, the, their body tells them they need it. That did not happen from the day they were born. The body was trained to crave it. By cons How did that happen? By consistency, repetition. So when they don't have the coffee, their body tells them they need it. Do you realize you can pray to the place because of the consistency of how you do it? Even when you're so busy, your body, that's why David says, my flesh is even crying out for you. Do you understand that your body can be trained to desire things of God? Because you've done it in repetition so much in routine, you can't help but desire God. Even when you don't feel like it. I want to wrap up with this because my, my time is up. Some people say, oh, you know what? I don't want to pray, or I want to pray, but I don't feel like it. 
I want to pray, but, you know, I just had bad news. Things are going really bad. I'm just struggling. I'm feeling depressed. Life is difficult. So if you allow circumstances to determine how much you pray or don't pray, you're never going to have a prayer life. Listen, Adam was in the garden. He sinned against God, Adam and Eve. And then God came down. And when God came down, God was expecting Adam to be somewhere. So, in fact, I didn't even go deep into the text. But in the text, it says, Jesus got up a great while before daylight. Let me just read it to you quickly. He went out and departed to a solitary place. So, being alone. Again, no time to go into that. And then he says, this is the word I got you to repeat. He says, and there he prayed. Everyone say, there he prayed. There. Say, there he prayed. Your there cannot be here. You have to have a there. God had a there with Adam. And so he came down often, you know, and he had these conversations. They had this dialogue and, you know, they had this relationship going, the Lord and Adam and Eve and all this stuff was going on. So one day God showed up and Adam wasn't there. Do you know what God said? He says, Adam, where are you? Notice, God didn't say, Adam, how are you? Some of you oh, Lord, I'm not feeling good today. I've had, a, I've had a really hard day. God is not asking. No, he doesn't care how you are. He's showing up at 6 a.m. saying, Emma, where are you? He's showing up at that time you said, Lord, I want to meet with you. He's showing up saying, Josh, where are you? David, where are you? Know, Lord, I'm not feeling okay today. I'm feeling really discouraged. I prayed for someone and he didn't get he didn't answer. See, some of us are strong with all these things. By the way, I have areas of my life as well where I'm believing for breakthrough I haven't seen yet. What keeps me encouraged is the encounter in his presence. Not the presence that he gives. So the presence satisfies and helps me get past the mystery of areas where I'm not seeing certain things happen. And so I receive peace that surpasses understanding. In other words, the peace I receive goes, helps me go past my need to understand everything. But I receive that in the presence when I'm pursuing him. So God didn't say, Adam, how are you? He said, Adam, where are you? So you know what that means? Pray when you're happy. Pray when you're sad. Pray when you're depressed. Pray when you're broke. Pray when you're rich. Pray when you have disease in your body. Pray when life is difficult. Pray when everything seems like it's about to fall apart. Just pray. God is saying, where are you? Are you going to show up? Or are you going to stay in bed? Or are you going to get busy with video games? Many of you here stay up late at night playing games and watching movies. Midnight. Midnight is one of the most critical times of prayer. How about you convert that to prayer? I'm telling you, you, you just do a study on the Bible in terms in the Bible in terms of midnight prayers. Powerful. Some of you so easily stay up three hours doing silly things at midnight. What? Just convert an hour of that to prayer. Lord, I want to pray. And you know the funny thing? The moment you say you want to pray, then your flesh starts to fight. Then you start to feel sleepy. But you weren't feeling sleepy when you're watching the movies, right? In fact, I noticed this when we're in a group, sometimes with friends, we talk about all sorts of things, maybe football and this and that. And then I've noticed this when someone says, let's pray, oftentimes one or two or three people always yawn. 
But I noticed they didn't yawn before when we're having the other conversations. The moment the word, in fact, I can see someone yawning right now. <laughs> the one said, let's pray. The, that is the flesh reacting. But you need to become militant and you need to know how to quiet the flesh. The reason why I pray the way I do is I've developed a rhythm of knowing how to say no to my flesh. And you need to do the same too. So God wants to equip you to be a boy of prayer, a girl of prayer, a man of prayer, a woman of prayer. And the starting point is desire that has to lead to discipline, create space, consistency, find people in your community that know how to pray and pray with them often. Then you're going to start to get this culture built around you where anywhere you go, you're going to want to connect. You're going to want to grow. And the amazing thing is, which you don't have time to touch on, as you begin to pray, God begins to talk back. Revelations. Dreams. The word of God. Yeah. My time is up. Can I have the band come up, please? As we go into 2023, you know, many people are making New Year's resolutions and, you know, planning to go to the gym and all this kind of stuff. How about you set yourself some spiritual goals? Some of you have been Christians for 10 years and you've never read through the Bible. All you know about the Bible is what the preachers and the teachers say. At 15, at 17, you can read through the Bible in a systematic way. Say, Lord, I want to really get into your word. I go, well, there's all the boring bits that I don't understand. And see, when you go to the shop and, uh, you know, I don't know, you have Subway here. You go to Subway, you don't eat the sandwich trying to understand every chemical compound in that sandwich and how it affects your body, do you? You just eat it because it's good for you. Eat the word because it's good for you, whether you understand it or whether you don't understand it. The word has to become a part of your rhythm of prayer because the word gives you a language in how you communicate back to God. I can't tell you how many times I'm praying in tongues. Scriptures I've read, I've had in my heart, I've not thought about for a long time, just comes back to mind. Why did it come to my mind? It's because I put it there. So the Holy Spirit drew it out when it was needed. Can the Holy Spirit draw out of you scriptures? Well, if you don't put it in there, how is it going to draw it out? And this is where prayer becomes powerful. When the Lord starts to stir that, that which he has placed within you, his word, revelations, as you start to commune with him, guys, prayer is addictive. When you touch certain things in God, you're like, Lord, I don't want to go back to where I used to be. Do you understand? Please, please try not to get into conversations quietly, 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 quietly. Just a shush. Because this is important. I believe the Lord can release an empowerment to us to begin to run after Him in ways we've never done before. As we're stepping into 2023, this could be a year that we pray like we've never prayed before. 
How many of you in this room want 2023 to be the year where you go deep in prayer like never before? Just put your hand up with me. My hand is up too, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that song, House of Prayer. I love us to, 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 to get into that flow. Lord, make me a house of prayer. That Eddie James song. Because I want us to cry out to God that he will begin to mantle us with the intensity within us that would cause us to begin to realign our priorities. For some of you, it's midnight prayer. For some of you, it's early in the morning prayer. For some of you, it's three o'clock in the morning. Listen, ask the Holy Spirit. I do this. Lord, I'm giving you my diary. I'm giving you my calendar, Lord. What is the time you want me to consecrate to you? What is it going to look like, Holy Spirit? Show me. And then listen, practically, when the Lord starts to give you insight as to how much time he wants you to pray, I want you to leave, to not leave this meeting without saying it to someone who can hold you accountable. Maybe your youth leader. Say, hey, youth leader, the Lord is speaking to me about spending an hour in prayer every day. Please hold me accountable. Check on me and how I'm doing. I want to learn to pray. Help to keep me accountable to this. But you have to make up your mind saying, Lord, whatever it takes, whatever it looks like, make me a house of prayer. I don't just want to watch other people pray. I want to learn how to go deep in seeking your face. Mark me with your fire. Mark me with your desire. Mark me with that discipline that causes me to focus. Deliver me from distractions of social media and entertainment and movies and friends. I want to give you more time than ever before. I want to read your word like never before. I want to be marked with desire. So we're going to pray. Now, listen, we're all going to pray. Did you, what did I say? You don't pray by doing this. You know why? Matthew 6, Jesus says, when you pray, say. Everyone say, say. say. He didn't say when you pray, think. When you pray, say. when you pray, say. when you pray, say. when you pray. Say. so when you pray, you don't just keep quiet. You know why? Because your thoughts are going to start wandering everywhere. And your words override your thoughts. So when I say we're going to pray, we're going to pray. I know not all of you at this moment in time praise in tongues, but some of you do. If you can pray in tongues, begin to pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues yet, at this moment, pray in your understanding. Say, Lord, close your eyes. Forget about people around you. Say, Lord, Mark me with the spirit of intercession. Lord, mark me with the spirit of prayer. And when I say speak, I mean speak it enough for your ears to hear your words. Every one of us that lifted our hands in this room, I want you to begin to lift your voice. Say, Lord, make me a house of prayer. I am choosing the path of discipline. I'm choosing the path of being a warrior. I will not be half asleep. I will not be complacent. I will not be distracted. I will be awake. Wake me up on the inside, Holy Ghost. Come on, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Pray. Hey! Madaya na malana malana vande vaya kapai. 
Zeba Londo Bala Vakata Lerebaya. Venda Namakata Lerebaya. Azeba Ladoya. Azeba Ladoya. Azeba Ladoya. Venda Ladoya. Venda Ladoya. Venda Ladoya. Venda Ladoya. Ebala Namandaya. Ebala Namandaya. Avesa Katonai. Avesa Katonai. Avesa Katonai. Ibasanae. Ebasia Ladaya. The spirit of grace and supplication, the spirit of intercession. Amanande daye, ayanamande daye, vasata lada bayakapa, emanana nanda. Ah, yeba 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 yeba, amana amana amana, mataye katai, mataye katai, mataye katai, abadai 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 abadai. Let the spirit arise within us. Arise within us. We break off restrictions. We break off limitations. We break off everything that's in the way of the warrior. Arise it. House of prayer. Arise. Arise. Houses of prayer. Make me a house of prayer, Holy Ghost. Make me a house of prayer. Mark me with a spirit of grace and supplication. Asanaye, vadoye, 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 emasoya, 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 avaladandai, 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 ebasatolo no maladaba, manatolo no ma. Lift your voice and pray. Asatane kepayaladaba. We hope you enjoyed this prayer storm podcast. For more content, find us on Instagram at prayerstorm, all one word, and on YouTube, Prayer Storm TV.